0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the sermon portion of our worship time together. Kiddos, I hope you've been singing loud and having such a great time. Thank you again for joining us. Today, we're going to open our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 13. So Jeremiah 29, verses 1 through 13. And here's my good friend, Brian Haynes, who's the lead pastor at Bay Area Church, our closest allies in ministry, to read for us. Hi,
1: I'm Brian Haynes, and this is Jeremiah 29, 1 to 13. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exile and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the Queen Mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the metal had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Jemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, i will be found by you declares the lord and i will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where i have driven you declares the lord and i will bring you back into the place from which i sent you into exile
0: the heart of this series has been that we would relate to god out of our faith instead out of our instead of out of our fear and that's a critical step for us to take during these days. And so um, this sense of this path to peace where we exercise our faith over fear, is a, um, it's, a it's a step here that, that I hope we can take. So um, Jesus last week talked about how the path to peace begins in our hearts. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. He says, look at the birds of the air. He says, look at the, the uh, flowers in the field, how intricately they're woven together. We can we can live with a sense of peace in our lives because we have hope. Hope that God as a good father is going to take care of us. He is intimately involved in our lives and that he places value on you and me. Today, I want to turn the corner and talk about how we can have hope in the midst of our circumstances. The passage that we're looking at today is a passage where Jeremiah writes a letter on behalf of the Lord to those who are in exile. Now, exile was a historical event that happened. And it was a, a culture-shaping event. It's in the 900s, uh, the kingdom of Israel was divided into a northern and southern kingdom. In the 700s, the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, was taken away. In the early 500s BC, the southern kingdom of Judah was taken away. And it's in that last section, uh, in the early 500s that we're talking about here, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king had come, he had invaded Um, he had invaded jerusalem he had ransacked it torn the walls down burned the temple burned all the houses taken people away and so here you find a people who are um, dislodged from their place they're literally displaced from everything that they've known and their lives are completely disrupted they do not um, know what is normal anymore normal is being defined for them and they are living under rules that they did not have a say in that they did not agree to but they must indeed embrace does that sound familiar to anybody? Of course it does. So I want us to think about two words as we dive in here to the text. And the first word is the word flourish. And it points you back to verses four through seven um, to, to find that word. Here we go. You ready? Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem. Now, don't miss that. Just real quickly. He says that he is the one who has sent them. Um, uh, this exile was a result it was a judgment upon the people of Judah this that southern kingdom because of their idolatry and in times of testing have a way of revealing idolatry in our hearts so we in our day may be finding idols of busyness or idols of uh, finding security in our finances or any number of other things and God right there is dealing with those things so He's the one who's, who did this. And so I just want to be clear about that. God hasn't surrendered um, control of the universe to anybody else or anything else, uh, and He has not ceded any ground or rule. So here we go, verse five Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives, have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. So I want you to think about the word flourish. So the biblical idea of flourishing really has to do with bringing order to chaos, not control to chaos. Let's be clear about that because nobody has control these days. What we're doing is bringing order to chaos. And so uh, a little parable here to set this up. A young couple gets married. It's a beautiful wedding. Uh, They're able to afford their first house. And so they buy their first house. It sits uh, backing up to a, a, a grand acreage. The city comes in shortly after they've settled into their house and uh, creates the the city dump back there. So it becomes the trash heap. Their backyard is is now the landfill. And you can imagine all the sights and the sounds and the smells that go with that. And of course, they're just crushed. Well, they both like working outside of their yard. So they figure, oh, well, let's do this. Let's do everything that we can here. So they plant a couple of trees to kind of hide it um, behind them. Uh, They... um, Uh, They plant some flowers so that uh, the smell is now different and better, much, much better. Um, They're able to uh, create some beauty in the middle of that. And they sit on their back porch and they enjoy that. Now, does the landfill still get seen every so often? Sure. Do the sounds come rolling over their fence and and over their garden area? Absolutely. Does the smell waft in between the smell of their gardenias and their roses? Yes, absolutely. The, the, hibiscus that's, the hibiscus that's growing there, it can't hide everything. But what they've done here is create a little, a, a little garden, a, a little um, spot of beauty and flourishing there, even in the midst of, of chaos that's happening around them. And I think that's a good parallel for us because we are creating little Edens, so to speak. These little mini Edens in our own hearts, in our houses, uh, in the areas that we are responsible for. We're creating these little mini Edens. And I, I think that's really amazing uh, that we get an opportunity to do that. So um, you, you see that uh, just back in, in verse um, Uh, 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 6 in particular, Uh, take wives, um, have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, do not decrease. So that picture of of many Eden in our hearts and in our homes, it's a a great place uh, for us to hear what God said to Adam and Eve back in Genesis chapter 1, where he said, um, uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. That's, that's what Jeremiah is referencing here when he says, get married, um, have kids, give your kids away in marriage, plant gardens, build houses. That's what he's saying. He's saying, flourish there. Create a little mini Eden wherever you go. That's where, that's where you want to eat. That's where you want to be. We are making the most out of our situation, the situation that we find ourselves in, by doing what we know God wants us to do. In this case, fulfill this kind of cultural mandate from Genesis 1. Fulfill uh, what he's saying here. We would make the most of this time here by doing what God, uh, what we know that God wants us to do. So it, it sounds maybe something like this. I, I'm going uh, to make the most of where I am right now, and I'm going to trust God with the rest. Which, you know, honestly sounds a lot like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the rest of this will be added to you. So, um, therefore, I think this is the big principle that we walk away with this idea of flourishing on. Um, Therefore, our obedience does not depend on our circumstances. That, that is true when we are persecuted. Uh, it is true when we are persevering like we are right now. Um, our obedience to God and to his word does not depend on our circumstances. If we're having the best of days, if we're having the worst of days, either way, um, we are to be obedient to what God has said. And what we um, are responsible for is understanding him and then responding to him in obedience. What we can control and what we're responsible for is not who or what or when, but it's how. How do we respond to the circumstances? In which we find ourselves? How do we obey God in those circumstances? And how do we relate to one another um, in those circumstances? So um, we could say things like this I am choosing to humble myself. Well, I mean, it's good because we're certainly not in control here. It's a good thing for us to humble ourselves right now. I am choosing holiness. I am going to look differently and think differently and pray differently and post differently. And I'm going to do all those things differently. I'm going to be different. I am going to choose holiness. I am going to choose to forgive because the people around me, the people who... um, Are close to me right now, um, men, they they offend me, they set me off, and so I'm going to choose to forgive. I am going to choose to show empathy. I'm going to um, uh, think about where they are and what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, what they're going through, and I'm going to step into their world and and choose that. I am going to choose to love my neighbor. Um, It may be difficult right now because their kids' bikes are in my yard or whatever, but I'm going to choose to love my neighbor. I'm going to choose um, to outdo uh, my spouse or my kids in showing honor. Um, Maybe hard some days, but I'm going to choose to do that. Or and or uh, I'm going to choose to pray and really submit myself to God in prayer. So those are the ways that we can express our obedience, even in the middle of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Therefore, what we do is we seek, as it says in verse 7, we seek the welfare of the city uh, where we've been sent. Uh, and and because, why do we do that? Because and we're going to pray for it. Why do we do that? Because in its welfare, we find our own welfare we look outside of ourselves Um, we don't just see this as a a day after day after day um, uh, song on repeat instead we look outside of ourselves and find incredible um, opportunities to serve God we seek the welfare of the city the our our own hearts our family the house our area the spaces where we go we seek the welfare of the city so that's word number one is flourish word number two is the word future and this, if you know a verse in Jeremiah twenty-nine, this is probably um, the the verse that you know. It's it's verse eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. That's what he says. So. I want to just think about the future. The timing of all of this, I just want to say, is in God's hands. It's certainly not in ours. It's certainly not in mine. Um, There are people who come along and they say, well, it's going to be done by this. Uh, It's going to be uh, over by here or over by this time or whatever. This was true back in their day. It's true in our day. You think of all the people who are um, uh, putting stuff out there, uh, whether they're baptizing it um, in some ridiculous religious way or not, Um, whether they're taking the political angle or the spiritual angle angle or the relational angle, doesn't really matter. The timing of all of this, folks, is in God's hands. Uh, Many, and I just say, we're going to be here a while, just like these were. 70 years is what God said. After 70 years, then the process of restoration will come. We're going to be here a while. I don't think it's going to be 70 years for us. Some of you have asked, I think it'll probably be mid-June. Now, don't hold me to that date because anything can change between now and then. The timing is in God's hands. It's not in ours. But we, just as a church family, this is just commentary for a moment. We want to operate on the principle that that we want to include everybody we possibly can. So we don't want to, Reboot with only half the church able to come, and, and further, we want to um, put you in a position where you can actually experience um, church and the the things that we value together church family and so we 're kind of thinking mid June. But again, the timing of all of this uh, is in God's hands. Um, The the temptation is to look back and say, when is this going to come back to normal? When is this going to come to normal? This was true in their day. Thus he says in verse 8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Don't let your prophets or your diviners, those who are among you, deceive you. I do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Back in uh, chapter 28, verse 3, Hananiah uh, says, Within two years, I'll bring back this place, all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away and carried back to Babylon. It's just not true. It's just not true. Um, The temptation is to look back, and plenty of people these days are trying to look back. When are we going to come back to normal? Here's the thing, though, and I just this is from my heart as a pastor to you. I don't think we're going to come back to normal i don't think god would have shaken it like he shook it uh if if normal was working and so i think we've got some things to learn along the way and some things for us to um, uh, look forward to but not look back on i don't think normal is going to I, I, we're just not going back to normal they weren't going back to normal either the walls had been torn down the temple had been burned and turned and t- uh, torn down and we're not going uh, back to normal either his plans, verse 11 says, are for our future. I think that's really important to repeat to yourself that God's plans are for our future. God is looking forward, and we need to look forward with Him. I think as much as um, we would find a source of peace as we look for opportunities to flourish. We also would find a source of peace, not in looking backward uh, to what we thought was normal or what we wished we would have considered normal, but we would embrace this idea that God's doing a new thing. And therefore we need to look forward to, uh, we need to look into the future to what he is going to do. Um, we, 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 uh, the, the Bible says in Galatians chapter six, it says, don't be deceived, God's not mocked. For whatever a person sows, that is what he or she will reap. So uh, what we are sowing today affects what we reap in the future. And so I just wanna encourage you with that um, and maybe even challenge you with it what we sow is what we reap and so we need to be thinking about the future as well because we need to be thinking about what we're sowing today um if you're uh if you're you know sowing uh the kinds of things um that would be sinful today that would be just uh, just dull the pain just dull the pain whatever it would be if you're doing that you're going to reap um the consequences of that but if you're sowing uh to some of the things that god has again our own obedience prayer study of the bible engagement with your family, uh, building some new habits in, whether personally, physically, relationally, emotionally, whatever it may be, you will reap the benefits of that. Folks, listen, I don't think we're going back to normal. Again, I don't think God would have shook us the way that He uh, did if if normal was working. I think instead we can sow some things right now and look forward to the future uh, of reaping uh, some really incredible benefits down the road. I would just want to finish with verse 13. You'll seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. This is the way I want to finish and the challenge that I want to set before you. As much as our path to peace um, starts in our hearts and, uh, and can be found in our circumstances, um, our path to peace is really a path to God. You will seek me and find me, um, he says, when you seek me with all of your heart. Even better than knowing God's plans is knowing God. Even even better than knowing what the future holds is knowing the God who holds the future. And so I want to invite you, uh, in a moment we're going to pray and I'm going to pray for us, but I want to invite you just to surrender your sense of uh, the future to God. And you would instead embrace hey god i I want to know you more than anything else in these days i want to know you If you're watching uh, this video and and you don't know god you 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 are not sure who he is let me just tell you he has given his son for you that is a god who loves you dearly he sent his son jesus to die in your place and for your sin and he raised him from the dead to be the victorious lord of everything and when you put your trust in him you will experience forgiveness and freedom and a kind of life that is indestructible even by death And the way that you do that is simply by turning to him and saying to him, God, I know that I've messed up and I want you in my life. I want you to come into my life and forgive me and to take over my life. I commit my life to you. Some of us though, we made that decision long ago and we're trying to figure out how to know God in the middle of this. I want to encourage you simply, you begin every day saying, God, today, no matter what else happens, I want to know you. Far better than knowing your plans is knowing you. And so God, help me to know you. Church family, that is ultimately our path to peace is we know the God who is the God of peace and we know him well. So let me pray for us. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person listening. For those who know you, Father, I pray that they would um, sow things that will help them know you even more. They would sow character things, um, disciplines even into their lives so that they can live out and be transformed um, in the days to come. You would Uh, they they would reap the fruit of this and that fruit would be um, glorifying to you. For anybody who's listening who doesn't know you, God, I pray that today you would draw them close to you. Just a couple of chapters later, you say you draw people with cords of loving kindness. God, I pray that you would draw them with cords of your steadfast love for them and uh, they would know you today. Lord, we um, consistently, we want to be people who do this. We pray for the president, vice president, um, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, everybody else who's making decisions, the uh, surgeon general, the um, governor, as we um, talk about uh, some important things. Uh, He's got got a press conference tomorrow. Uh, Lord, we uh, think about the folks who are making decisions on a more local level. God, we pray for them, that you would give them divine wisdom, leadership from above. Um, not based on any political scheme, not based on uh, even, even a scientific model. It would really come with wisdom, your wisdom, how to interpret and uh, how to see these times and interpret. So we pray for wisdom for that. And Lord, as, um, uh, we pray for healing in our land of people uh, and of systems, things. We just need your hand upon us. God, we, we ask all of that, knowing that you are a good God who takes good care of his people and you have plans for us plans for a future and a hope. And that's what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.